0: So aren't Christians to be checking out uh, and deeply living in conspiracy theory websites? And uh, when does our hypocrisy come home to roost with us? And what is all this about that's going on right now? I'm going to talk about that today on the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast, WTH Week That Happened Version. All right, Paul Swearingen here, everybody, the nonpartisan evangelical. Glad you're with me for a WTH version of the podcast, The Week That Happened. It's when we sort of look at current events, try to figure out as Christians, how do we look at these things? Glad you're with, with me. Today's uh, podcast It's brought to you by communion. <laughs> That's right. With the nonpartisan evangelical community, you're gonna going to have communion this Sunday, at six o'clock. Uh, we do it online. Uh, you can have the implements of what you want to have at your house. Um, I think communion's about fellowship and a spiritual moment. I don't think it's really about a cracker and grape juice. So if you want to join me, uh, go to the website npepodcast.com if you're not there already and send me an email and let me know you want to join and we'll get you the link. Because um, part of what we want to do here, we, we want to Challenge Mindset at the Nonpartisan Evangelical. We want to gather people together in community, and then we want to move people to action. And so we're going to take communion together on Sunday. I want you to join me. Go to the website, npepodcast.com. Send me an email through the website, and we'll get you hooked up. You'll also see it on uh, my Facebook page as well. So welcome to the show. All right. So let's do this. Uh, Of course, everything everybody is talking about today is Syria. Of course, it's all been impeachment all the time, and we'll still definitely talk some about impeachment, but today it's about Syria, the president's decision to pull our troops out of Syria, and Turkey moving in and attacking the Kurds who have, through all of the Iraq war... Uh, through everything else have, have been our allies. President Trump now says they weren't our allies in World War II, so they don't, don't really deserve our our favor. Um, everybody's talking about that today, except <laughs> I'm looking at the Fox News website because I try to read everything. You can't even find Syria on the Fox News website today. It's, it's all about, uh, oh, the illegal movement behind the Mueller probe and uh, how the FBI was just ugly in there. And and it's so interesting to go to these different websites and see the two absolutely different worlds they live in. And and I had an interesting discussion before we totally delve into Syria with somebody this week who was talking about, you know, the evil mainstream media and how the media is bad on both sides. And, and one thing I want to say about that is, particularly since I've worked in the media most of my life, I've actually seen... News people who are journalists that really fight for their integrity, even over their own political leanings or, or pre beliefs. I, I, I've seen it in action. And if you don't think it exists, then you're just not paying attention. So, uh, so let, let me just say it this way The New York Times, do they have bias? Every human being has bias. And it's human beings that are in there. And they're biased. By the fact that they are a for-profit entity and they have to get people to buy their stuff. And so their headlines have become more grabby. All the media has become more editorial. And that's that's my fault and your fault. That's, that's not the media's fault. That's what we're demanding from the media. And they have to meet our demands because they're for-profit entities. Every for-profit entity has to meet its audience demands. So before you go blaming the media, look in the mirror and say, what have what, what do I consume? And what have I built? But here, here, you know, so if we want to say, well, the New York Times is the liberal side of this thing and Breitbart is the is the conservative side, that's just not true. That's just not true. They're not the same thing. Breitbart, uh, let me say that New York Times has editors, ombudsmen, they review things, they review uh, sources. And when they get it wrong, they print a correction or put a correction on their website and say, we got it wrong. When they found out one of their reporters had fabricated sources for a story and that got through their editors, people got fired. That's what that's what journalism is. It, it's not that you don't report things. It's that when you get it wrong, you say, we got it wrong. Breitbart, on the other hand, is a... Completely partisan media created simply for the dissemination of information from one particular viewpoint. It's not a news gathering organization. And and some would say Fox News is not either. And, and that's and it's partly why it's so amazing that the top headlines are so completely disparate. Now. I quit watching Fox News a long time ago. Now I'm watching it again because I want to see both sides of every story. But I've just, it's felt for a long time like there's something creepy about it. And then knowing all the stuff about Roger Ailes and the other thing came out, it's like, okay, it was kind of creepy. But what I want to say then, as we're looking at stories like Syria and impeachment, um, you you start to say, how can we possibly know what is true? Well, here's the first rule. Stay away from... From extremely partisan, extreme, extremely extreme websites. Uh, man, I had I've had some encounters with people online on Facebook this week where they started saying, "Oh, you got to stop watching the mainstream media." Which I I I have a whole series of ways I choose what media I pay attention to, and I can tell you that at another time. Um, and you got to start looking at these websites, and they sent links. And the links were to these conspiracy theorist websites that I that I know of. And they said, oh, these are Christian people who are putting this stuff out there. So it's got to be good. And my answer to the person was, it's not good. Um, and one person answered and said, no, this conspiracy website has, has gotten everything right. Well, I, I happen to have paid a lot of attention to that particular conspiracy website because I had a very good friend asked me to because he said, hey, these guys are are getting it right. So I went and read. Uh, I spent four hours watching video touting this particular website. Uh, I studied every prediction they have made and I could not find in watching four hours of video. Now, if I need to watch more than four hours, um, I don't know, maybe I'll shoot myself in the eyeball instead of doing that. But uh, in four hours of watching video, I didn't see one prediction that came true. And my friend that had told me I needed to go to this website uh, told me uh, that if Bill and Hillary Clinton and Michelle and Barack Obama and John McCain, who, yes, is still alive, his whole cancer death is a hoax, um, if they're not all in Guantanamo Bay by the end of 2018, then everything is wrong that uh, I've been told uh, by this person about this website. Uh, Well, the end of 2018 came and went, and uh, I don't think the Obamas, Clintons are in Guantanamo, nor is uh, the late John John McCain. How did we get here, guys? How did we get here? I want to talk a little bit more about that in just a bit. But first, I do want to get back to Syria. Um, I I talk a lot about hypocrisy. Jesus said, beware the leaven of the Pharisees. And he said that was hypocrisy. And I believe the leaven of the Pharisees is their particular mindsets, their nationalistic beliefs that Israel uh, being restored was the most important things in God's heart caused them to miss what God was doing in the season and caused them to be hypocrites in their belief systems. So when we talk about the 11 of the Pharisees and hypocrisy, so here's uh, Donald Trump uh, as, a, as a citizen and then a candidate for president, critiquing President Barack Obama, mocking Barack Obama because Barack Obama drew a a theoretical red line in Syria and said, said, Syria, if you cross this red line, you are going to face the consequences of the United States of America. Well, Syria did cross the red line and they faced no consequences from the United States of America. And so Donald Trump citizen and then candidate Donald Trump, very, very, very critical of Barack Obama for not enforcing his red line. Well, here we are today, two days ago, President Donald Trump pulling American troops back from Kurdish controlled areas in Syria. And uh, Trump saying, well, Turkey, if you do anything that violates, uh, what did he say? His, he, the president said, my infinite wisdom. Uh, and if, if Turkey violates that, uh, they're going to have to face some serious consequences from the United States. And Turkey said, OK, here we go. And they violated, I, I think. The president's infinite wisdom and now we'll see is the president going to have to then go back into war in that area or is he going to be a hypocrite over what he said about president barack obama i think those are the two choices um i am all for the president getting our troops out of the middle east i my son has not been alive a day in his life when the united states was not at war in the Middle East. There's a $22 trillion deficit that has been very strongly driven by our desire to fight wars for revenge for 9-11 and not sacrifice one iota as a a country, as an economy, as people for it. We've we've fought these wars since 9-11 of 2001 on a credit card that our children and grandchildren are going to have to pay for. I think it's time for us to stop thinking that our military can fix everything around the world because it just hasn't proven true for a while. So I'm all for and rooting for the president to get us out of Middle East wars. I, I'm, I'm totally behind him on that, and I will give him props for it. The problem with what happened here is it looks like it wasn't well thought out. I, I want us to be thoughtful, plan it well, and yes, there are going to be consequences probably when we pull out, but but let's at least think you know we think them through. And this seemed like either it was extremely one man's impetuous decision, which should never happen in American foreign policy. It's too vital for us to think these strategies through around the world, or somebody has leverage on the president of the United States to get him to do this. And who would that be? And how does that happen? And oh my God. So something's not right here and when you know even when the republicans are speaking up against the president then then you know it's it's something really bad or it's all a ruse to try to get our attention off of impeachment and that's the the president's just way smarter than everybody theory and i don't know potentially it is but how do we know let me talk about that in just a moment but first Let me tell you about uh, the Patreon uh, website for the nonpartisan evangelical community. Um, I I did an interview with Kylan Hall, a young man. I love to get millennials on the show and sort of promote what they're doing, hear what they're thinking. Uh, uh, He did some... Uh, exciting spoken word art for us. I'm going to put that stuff up for our Patreon community to get way before the public will get it. Uh, Those are the types of things you get on the uh, nonpartisan evangelical Patreon community. My wife and I are going to be on there live. Um, I did put up a Paul and Ashley uh, interview on our NPE podcast website but if you become a nonpartisan evangelical patreon patron in our NPE Patreon community, you're going to get all kinds of special stuff live moments with Ashley and I hanging out with everybody. and it's it's the place where we get our financial support for this ministry, this work that we're doing here. And so if you want to help us, spread the word of the nonpartisan evangelical, join our Patreon site. You can do it for as little as $5.99 a month. If you go to the $12.99 a month level, I'll send you a free autographed copy of my novel, Joseph Comes to Town. Uh, and if you really want to support us, you can go to a $26.99 level or even, I just had uh, Mehdi and Don Hanavar from Kansas. They signed up at the $100 level and God bless their souls. Um, it's just really awesome. So I'm excited about that. Um, so if you want to help spread this message, the Patreon site is where you can do it. So you can go to my website, npepodcast.com, click on that partner with us button and there you will have it. That is the NPE podcast Patreon site. See you there. All right. So how do we know if we're listening to what's right or not? Well, I, I, I have a Bible verse that I wanted to bring out for this because I, I do that. Uh, and it's Philippians 4.8, and, and it says, where did I, I, this is from the uh, contemporary English version of the Bible. It says, finally, my friends, keep your minds on whatever is true, pure, right, holy, friendly, and proper. Don't ever stop thinking about what is truly worthwhile and worthy of praise. The Bible says the, the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is righteousness, peace, and joy. So if you're visiting a website on a regular basis that creates fear, anger, what I call otherness, um, I'm going to call those people other because I feel like they're taking something from me. Uh, if it has deep, deep, deep conspiracy stories, I think it is in violation of Philippians 4.8. Um, and here's the result of what happens in that is we lose our ability to discern what is the will of God for the time and season? That's my personal belief coming from my faith. Others may say, if, if you're not a faith-based person, you just may say, hey, it creates a mindset where you can't see anything else. Because the thing is, when we start believing that everything we hear is not true, and only this one resource that I'm taken to is, is true because it's given me the real dirt and the inside conspiracy theory story, then we can start to, be, to believe a whole bunch of things. Because... What's happening in this time and season, why Fox News' site is so different than all the others is because we're starting with a premise and then we're looking for proof of our premise rather than whatsoever is right, true, holy, good, and friendly and dwelling on that and starting to let that change us and impact us. Now we're starting with this is what I believe and nothing's going to move me from that. And so we have what that has, that's been happening in the evangelical church for 50 years. And so what you have now are some leaders of ours that are the kings of the conspiracy theory, angry, uh, divisive forces in our country, which are exactly the forces our enemies are using to try to destroy our country. We are the players being used by our enemies around the world, because we're no longer dwelling on whatsoever is true, right, holy, friendly, good, worthy of our time. We're going to these these crazy websites, uh, these partisan news outlets, and it's starting to have its impact on us. And the thing that always really bothers me is it It has an impact on our ability to share the gospel with the world. So I just implore you, stay away from the conspiracy theory websites. They're not for you, God's people. They're not for you if you're not God's people either. (laughs) They're not good for anybody because they're going to make you angry and start looking at others. So we have impeachment on the table and this thing's going on. And the president uh, and his team this week sent an eight page letter that I read. Very interesting letter. Um, One of the things that's happened in history that at every time a president has had impeachment hearings coming against him. So that's happened with Andrew Johnson, who was impeached. He was the, the president that came, became president when Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, Um. Uh, Richard Nixon was not impeached, but impeachment hearings were were in the offing against him when he resigned. Bill Clinton was impeached by a Republican-dominated House of Representatives. And each of those times, as far as I understand, the House voted to approve impeachment inquiry hearings going forward. And then the the hearings were done in public, the, the president and his people were allowed to be on hand during the testimony, all of those things. That's my understanding. And if I'm wrong, let me know and, and we'll correct that down the line. Uh, the the democratically controlled House has decided not to do it that way this time. And what they're saying is that's not actually required by the Constitution. That's That's been a form of what's done. Um, we need to do some things in secret so whistleblowers can come out and share their stuff. Um, And so it's got everybody wrangled. And and so the president's uh, legal team, which now includes Trey Gowdy, a former uh, congressman, um, came out and said, well, this is an unconstitutional process. And so we're not going to participate. Uh, I think they know they'll eventually have to participate, but this is a great stall tactic. And I don't believe what... I think what they're saying is true, that this has been the form that is done in the past, but I don't think it's true that they're saying it's an unconstitutional thing. And it's absolutely not true that it's a kangaroo court. That's, That's president speak for I don't like what's happening. The interesting thing about all this is, you know, just the anger and the vitriol and all the things that come out. Um, I was impressed. And I know, you know, my people, maybe many of you listening may not be big fans of Nancy Pelosi. And I don't know if I always think she's the greatest either sometimes. But I was really impressed with an interview I saw with her. This was on MSNBC. Um, and I found this online because this is my heart. I, if you're for the president getting impeached or you're against the president getting impeached, I'm for honor and integrity. And I, and when I see things like kangaroo Court and, and uh, Adam Schiff ought to be you know strung up and executed for being a spy, that's not filled with honor and integrity. That's not whatsoever is good and lovely. And so I'm going to play a clip here, and I know some are going to say, "Well, that's just a political response, and that may be absolutely true, but it voiced the closest that I feel as I consider that we're in the middle of an impeachment inquiry in our country. Well, first, let me say that this is no cause for any joy. This is a very sad time for our country. The impeachment of a president is as serious as uh, our congressional responsibilities can be, uh, apart from declaring war or something. And uh, so uh, we have to be very prayerful. And we always have to put country before party. Uh, But I would say at this time, I would say to Democrats and Republicans, we have to put country before party very clearly in the public view so that was nancy pelosi she would go on to say you know it's time for us to pray for the president and pray for the country now i get it there's that that's probably there's probably some political calculation behind that and i get that and so i do take all those words with a little bit of a grain of salt because i know some of them have been pulled or whatever but it's what i feel This is, if you're for impeaching the president, you shouldn't be rejoicing and and calling him names. And if you're against the impeachment of the president, you shouldn't be sort of throwing out these angry, nasty terms. I think we should say, how do we figure this thing out together? That's how life is done well, by good people and people of honor and integrity. and we used to be that i think and i don't think we were ever perfect at it i mean alexander hamilton and aaron burr once took guns and shot each other but i i i guess maybe i'm a little bit crazy but i think there is a higher that that god wants to call us to and it and it looks something like this and it's a it's a repentance that says repentance means to turn and go in the other direction it means to change your mindset so what if there's a repentance that would change all these things and i i it could look like this and this is something in my imagination what if, remember the Brett Kavanaugh hearing and how when it all came down, uh, the, the man who is now on the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh, um, he came out Duke's, Dukes flying because that's what the president wanted him to do. And so he attacked the senators there during his testimony. And, and he was just uh, angry and, and just screaming. And I I was sitting there thinking, what if... Brett Kavanaugh, who who says he's a Christian man and I'm going to accept that and understand that and believe that to be true, What if he had said, "I don't believe or or he could have said, "I know the charges against me are false. I, I am absolutely adamant today that the charges against me are false, but I have become a divisive force in the country, and I don't want to divide my countrymen against each other. I have a great job at a very high court. My dream of all my life has been to be on the Supreme Court, but I'm going to set that aside for the good of the country and for the good of being a representative of God and of uh, the Christian life. How powerful would that have been? How much more powerful than fighting for his rights? Because at the end of the day, the life displayed by Christ in the Bible is one of sacrifice and servanthood, of ultimately dying for people that didn't like him. What if Brett Kavanaugh had displayed that? How could that have been healing to the country? I know it's crazy, and all of you listening are nuts, but what if we start to take that posture? What if I lay down my rights, as Jesus said, if there's somebody who's going to take your cloak, give them your tunic too? Wouldn't that turn things around? And I think think a lot of what's happening in the season right now is we're going to see how ugly it gets. And and if not this generation, because maybe that's just not possible in this generation, but the next generation is going to repent and say, we are not going to live this way. Me thinking I'm all right, just getting media from my perspective, digging down in conspiracy theories and attacking anybody that believes differently than that is just not demonstrated for Christians in the life of Jesus in the Bible, period. Come on. Let's come out of it. Let's repent. Um, because what we've seen now, 50 years of this has wrought, is there's a bunch of evangelical leaders who are the really angry, dark, divisive people leading that division in our country, a division that's being used by our enemies to try to destroy our democracy. So the only way you get out of that is say, I refuse to participate that, in that anymore. Crazy, idealistic, maybe. But I believe it's the message of the day that if we would turn from our wicked ways, and by wicked ways, I don't mean stop stealing bubble gum from the 7-Eleven. Our wicked ways are believing that we can solve problems with political power rather than trusting God and dying to ourselves. That is our wicked ways. And if we turn from that, we actually could have an incredible, incredible impact on the country. And I actually believe that's coming. But I think each generation gets to make its choice whether that's going to happen or not. So it may be we have to wait till the millennials really do rise up and come and do it. But I'm hopeful for the future because of that. Not hopeful by what I see around me or the people who jump on me because I don't spend enough time reading conspiracy theory websites. And I'm just not going to. I don't care how many times you tell me. it's. I, I've been there. Holy Spirit has said, don't do that my spirit rose up and said, this is not good. So you can tell me a hundred times and you can send me the link to all the videos of all the guys. I'm not going to go there anymore. I will, uh, I'll look at Fox News and I will, I I try to read news outlets from across the spectrum. But uh, those crazy conspiracy theory websites that Sandy Hook never happened and uh, every single congressman is a pedophile. Nope not going to do it. It is not for you, folks. It's not good. It's not Philippians 4.8. All right. Thanks for hanging with me. That is the WTH Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast for today. I'm Paul. Check out our Patreon site. Hit that Partner With Us button at our website, mpepodcast.com. Love for you to help support us and be a part of that community. I want to hear what you think. Send me send me your thoughts. Don't attack me. I'm not going to really interact with you a lot if you attack me. But if you come with a thought and say, I disagree with you on this, Paul, what do you have to say about this? I will respond because I love that conversation. And I think those are the conversations we have to have. You may say, don't talk politics or religion at parties. I say, that's absolutely what we have to be talking about in this time so that we don't let the Russians or anybody else destroy us from the outside within. Okay. So I'm in with you. Even if we disagree, I'm in with you. I spent time on the uh, texting with my friend, the Dodger fan today. Um, as I'm recording this, they lost last night to the Nats and are out. And the crazy thing about this is, I should have started the show with this. I'm sorry to do it at the end. I can be very, very happy that the Dodgers lost last night. Very happy, which I am. And still feel really bad for my friend and tell my friend, I'm sorry they lost. And I'm not being a hypocrite on either side of that because I truly am hurting for my friend. And Clayton Kershaw, who had a rough night last night, I think's a good guy. I felt bad for him. We can do that. We can disagree and still love each other. And that's what the nonpartisan evangelical is all about. Be blessed. Have an incredible weekend. I bless you to be you. And I bless you to not spend a lot of time doing anything other than looking at what is good and holy and friendly and true. And we'll get along just fine. So that's it for the Nonpartisan Evangelical. I'm Paul. Talk to you soon.